husband and I, we had rented a car, and there was no GPS system in the car. <laughs> you can just imagine in this desert. So you have like we had this itinerary where where they say like okay, in 15 kilometers you need to take a right, and then you in six kilometers later a left. So I was like I was the co-pilot. I was like okay, we have six kilometers yeah. to go through, and, there, and so we needed to put on the mileage and just check all the time because if you make one mistake in there, you're just lost. Welcome to the Crossing It Off Podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. My name is Roger Williams, and as the host of this show, I will be interviewing guests, people just like you, that are crossing items off their own bucket list. My hope is that by hearing these stories, you will be inspired and empowered to cross items off your own bucket list. Now let's start crossing it off together. Welcome to another episode of the Crossing It Off podcast. I'm so excited you're here to hear these stories that are shared. And this one is going to be exciting. I think uh, for people, it's a little different. Judith describes herself as a global citizen, a researcher, a wife of two, and a wine lover. Judith, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So Judith, tell us, what did you cross off your bucket list? So I crossed off the bucket list that I wanted to go to um, Namibia to see how the desert meets the ocean. Explain where that comes from. Why did you, what drove you to say, I want to put visiting Namibia on your bucket list? Yeah, so um, I think it started in 2011 uh, when my husband and I, we traveled to South Africa uh, for, for a trip and we really enjoyed it. And um, and then I, yeah, I did some research about the region and then I uh, also read about Namibia and I heard about the beautiful landscapes in Namibia and the deserts. And I was like, well, one day I want to come back and see Namibia. And then I forgot about it for a little while. And we were living in Japan um, in 2015 to 17. And then it came up again. I was asked in a Japanese class in Japan, where do you want to travel next? And I was like, actually, if I could choose, I think I would like to go to Namibia. And, and then it came back to my mind. I felt like, okay, so, so uh, it needs to stay there for a little bit. We were, we are living in Asia and we were taking advantage of going to countries a bit closer to Asia, which were also on my bucket list, like um, New Zealand and Australia and Hawaii and other countries. But then when we moved back to Switzerland in 2017, it was on my mind. And, and then I became pregnant with our second daughter. And after she was born, we had the typical issues parents have when you have small children with sleep deprivation and where uh, it was super nice, but also very exhausting. My husband and I were having some issues and felt like we need to reconnect a bit. And he was like, we should take a trip uh, at some point and just reconnect the two of us. And he had a business trip coming up to South Africa again. And he was like, what about we go, I go and you come and join me and we go to Namibia. And I was a bit um, frightened in the beginning because I thought, oh, we have a, a baby here, right? She was like, mm. you know, she would have been like around nine months old when we were leaving. And I was like, I was depressed feeding. I needed to kind of, yeah, bring her to the bottle. And, and I felt like maybe it's too early. But then it was this beautiful opportunity. He had to go anyway down there. And we felt we needed a bit of reconnection time. And so we made the decision to do it then, asked my parents to step in with our children, our two daughters, who were very supportive because they always say, 
parents, happy parents make happy children. So you need to, yes. to have some time together and um, came over there. They were in Germany. They came over to Switzerland and took care of the girls for, it was like 10 days in total, nine or 10 days. It was a short trip for such a long mm-hmm. <laughs> distance actually, but I didn't want to go for too long, but we, I went down and then we went for like eight days to Namibia. And it was beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. So going back when you, you said you did research, right? That you were kind of like looking into it. What was the thing that grabbed you that said, oh, I got to do this? What, what did you see? What did you read that said, I'm, I'm going to put this on my list? So I think for me, it was really the desert and um, mm. the vastness of the desert and also the vastness of the ocean. I love I love the, I just love to see the horizon. I love vastness. And I felt like, well, this country, it's, it's such a huge country. It's just the distances are incredible over there. You can drive for like hours and hours and hours. You know, you would need more time than a week if you really wanted to see the whole country. We just mm-hmm. did more than that. But um, I felt coming from living in Switzerland right now, which is beautiful as a country as well, but it's like two thirds um, mountainous. So we have lots of mountains and lots of people in the part which is remaining. And this vastness is sometimes something which I feel when I have that, I, I just love it. I love it to reflect. I love it to, yeah, just to um, to see the horizon, I guess. And and the nature, the play of nature, the the connection to nature, which we also have in Switzerland, but in a different way in Namibia right. again, um, was something which really intrigued me and um, which made me want to see that country. You set up this trip and you and you went. What was the what was that like? What was what was planning for that specific country and seeing where the ocean met the desert? What was planning for that like for you? Yeah, we were lucky because we had been working with a local travel agency already for our trip to South Africa in 2011. And we were so happy with them that we recommended Mm -hmm. them to my family who went later and and to other people. And then we contacted them like, what was it, like 10 years later? No, we went in 2019. So, So like, yeah, a few years later, eight years later, and we were like, yeah, here we are again. We would love to see Namibia. And she re- she remembered us and was like, oh, it's great to have you again. And so she kind of organized the whole trip for us from there. She, it's a really nice local travel agency based in South, uh, yeah, South Africa. And and so she, she gave us different options for, for like itineraries and um and asked like what we wanted to see and to do. And we we wanted to have a mix of seeing animals and also seeing the desert and having the ex- experience of the desert. And of diff- I mean, there are different types of deserts also. You have mm-hmm. these red stones, you have the sand dunes, you have um, the very dry one where like animals are around. So, so it's really, really interesting, very diverse kinds of landscapes. And we wanted a bit of all of it. So she said, okay, you can't do everything, but we can make a, a thing where we can drive to there, to there. There are many, not many, but some people uh, do um, flying safaris in Namibia because it's quick and you co- can go faster. Um, but we chose uh, also for financial reasons, but also because we wanted to to go by car to really go through these distances and experience it. And so we did that and, and we went to like four different areas in these eight days. So tell tell us like one or two of the things that you did on your itinerary that were like most special to you that that really stuck out. 
So one was the one which I mentioned, which is where the um, desert meets the ocean. That was our last our last stop, actually, in Balbis Bay. And then there's the Sandwich Harbor, which is like, I think, around 60 kilometers south from Balbis Bay. And um, that was really just amazing. So we were staying there for, for a couple of nights. And there was a driver who picked us up in the morning in this um, SUV car and then and, and then you just drive through the dunes and then you go and it, it feels like you're riding sand dune waves you know it's yeah. almost like being on a wave of water but it is sand and then you get there and then at some point he was like okay now you can get out and walk up the dune it was an enormous dune and we walked up there and and there was no one it was just like we were just alone and mm. we looked to one side and we saw the desert for like kilometers and kilometers and we looked to the other side and we saw the ocean and we just sat down and we were like wow this is just this is just a beautiful wonder of nature we were just mesmerized and yeah so we rolled down the dunes a few times and went up again and it was just amazing it felt it felt just yeah out of this world kind of in a way yeah. and um and then they also had this very nice brunch so then he started serving us oysters and sandwiches and champagne and we were like what <laughs> in the middle of nowhere you know and we're just sitting there and felt like uh, yeah in a complete different world and where well, we really enjoyed it it was a beautiful day and then when we went back it's really like diving on this sand like really like um you go up and down these dunes with a car and that that was one of the highlights the other one which really is in my mind is in damara land so damara land is this land where you have these red red stones and you got there and we drove like i think for two or three hours with this pickup car to a camping site where we stayed for a couple of nights and it was also in the middle of nowhere just the campsite a very beautiful campsite but um there were lions around and they kind of i was slightly nervous in the beginning but they explained us it's fine here we have lights where the lights are they won't come but then we did a walking safari and they gave us a few tips on how to react if we met a lion and it was kind of nerve-wracking because I was like we have the children at home and I want yeah. to go back home at some point but it was also just amazing to see the nature and you could sit there in the evening and see the stars I mean there's nothing around you're just in the middle of the desert somewhere and you have so you see so many stars and he explained us all about the Milky Way and everything so it was just um yeah really amazing experiences you, you feel there's a whole universe out there, out there, you know, up and on earth and in the air. So it was just very breathtaking in every kind of sense. Here at the Crossing Off Podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. So did you feel like you were tourist or, or was like, were there a bunch of other people also with cameras, you know, taking pictures and in their trucks and stuff, or was this very, uh, not you were with your husband, of course, but was it more of like an isolated, like you, did you feel Mm -hmm. like you were alone together? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, most of the time we felt kind of alone, honestly. I mean, there were sometimes in this camp area we were maybe 
10, 12 people, I think, in total. Um, and there were locals on site and who explained us everything. So it, it was, uh, yeah, it was not a big group. And then, but then to go from place to place, my husband and I, we had rented a car and there was no GPS system in the car. <laughs> Just imagine in this desert. So you have like, we had this itinerary where, where they say like, okay, in 15 kilometers, you need to take a right. And then you, in six kilometers later, a left. So I was like, I was the co-pilot. I was like, okay, we have six kilometers yeah. to go through. And, and so we needed to put on the mileage and just check all the time because if you make one mistake in there you're just lost you know and so we we were quite alone by ourselves very often for hours and then at some point we had a problem with the car so the tire was broken and we were in the middle of nowhere and I was like oh wow what do we do now and we were lucky that my husband knows how to change a tire so he did that and while he was doing that like for 20-30 minutes no one no one crossed I mean we wouldn't see anyone for hours while we were driving and when we got to the side we wanted to go later on, um, the people were like, oh, you were lucky because you were in the lion area. We, we had these seven lions around you. And we're like, oh, oh we didn't even know that. <laughs> oh, God, wow. We didn't know that maybe, you know, but it's, um, so it was, we were really kind of isolated quite often, which felt amazing too. We went down the skeleton coast as well, where you have like these shipwrecks in the sand, you know, and there's nothing, nowhere you just, alone you need to be well prepared in your car just in case you have any issue you know and um that was kind of a very nice feeling it's also a bit scary maybe but sure. it's also very nice you know it's like vastness freedom feeling somehow you know mm -hmm. you started off by talking about how this was kind of a, a reconnecting time or you wanted it to be a reconnecting time with you and your husband and you can answer this question or you don't have to answer this question but travel is stressful with even with people that you love and like um can be very very stressful how did you all do in that kind of environment where it's like it was just you two in the world you know <laughs> that there was nothing nobody else to rely on how did you two manage that process I think this is where we really usually connect with each other, honestly, because then we become a really good team and um, mm. we're used to traveling together. We have been living in different countries together and traveled across the world together. And somehow we were missing that maybe a little bit. I mean, we did it also with the children, but that is more stressful. I think if you have children, which is also very nice to show them the world. But if you have small children, you need to think of a lot of things when you pack, when you're somewhere and um, yeah, when you just, two adults it's kind of easy after having had two children I had the impression for us it was kind of almost relaxing it was just like okay we just need to get through the desert and get there you know and it was um yeah we actually had a lot of fun and very good conversations and lots of laughs actually about certain mm -hmm. issues which happened and um really really enjoyed that time yeah if you were sitting in uh, the, the plaza in, in where you are in Switzerland and you were at the local cafe outside and you were the table next to you, somebody said, you, you overheard them saying, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about going to Namibia. If you got into that conversation with them, inserted yourself, what would you tell them like is like a very practical thing or something that they need to do? Like if they, if they asked, what's your best piece of advice? What would you say to them? I think I would advise them to book something through a local travel agency because they have very good advices on what you can do in a certain amount of time and budget wise and everything, you know, so, and they have really, really nice advices to see very nice secret spots also, I think, depending on the local travel agency, but I think there are some very nice ones out there. And when you go, I would say just 
prepare yourself a bit. It's not like here where you have your G. I mean, maybe you get a car with a GPS. Ours didn't work. So then you just need to, you have this, you need to have an adventurous mindset, maybe a little bit and just say, okay, we mm -hmm. go for it. We make it work and enjoy the process while you're doing it. Is there any tips you can give for people to, to like being able to pick out that travel agency or the, or the can, travel guide? Can it if it's, it's, can I give the name? I don't know if I'm... Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's called South, Southern Destinations, the one we used. And um, I can personally, personally really recommend it for any trip to Southern Africa. Is there is there some trick you used in finding a good one? Or is it something you were looking for specifically that kind of said, oh, this is the one? Um, we, my, my husband is very good at doing this kind of research. So he always goes for local travel agencies when he goes to, he does trekking trips all over the world. And, and he found them when we did our first trip in 2011. And since we were so happy with them and other people who went with them too, we just turned back to them again. Yeah. Um, awesome. We will, I, I will definitely put their information in the show notes along with yours. What was the thing that you took away from it? I know you were there to kind of rekindle stuff to your husband and that's awesome, but like personally, what did you walk away from this trip of visiting Namibia as far as maybe some transformation in your life or or why was it impactful? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it was um, reconnecting to nature, really, because here it's often very busy and very yeah, everything is driven by technology and everything usually in, in, in my daily life right now. And it was just this just being in nature, not having all this technology at hand. And just this gives you a certain, I think it's kind of nice because you just reconnect to your inner self in a way and you re reflect and think in a different way and get clearer about many things. And um, it was for me very helpful. I was working on several projects at that time too, and it cleared up a lot in my mind. And, and I just, it was also just appreciation for the beauty and the force of nature is just that was just yeah incredible for me in Namibia. That's awesome, uh, Judith. What would be something else that you want to cross off your bucket list? You look at the new year. Oh, and... I have lots of things. I have lots of countries. I mean, I, I had the chance to visit many countries already and to live in a few, but um, I have lots of countries still on my bucket list. Um, and and I had on my bucket list to write a book, which I did, and I published it um, in 2021. And now my current item I'm trying to cross off soon is to create a digital course on which is called Joy Journey for people in the rush hour season of life. So it's really for parents with small children trying to establish their career as well and um, how to find joy in all of that. And it's a whole new thing for me, stepping out of my comfort zone, but it's also very nice and I'm learning a lot. So what are those things that are making you uncomfortable about, about exploring that and doing that and trying to cross that off? I, I'm surrounded by incredible people. I, I, since I wrote the book, I got into the circles of um, other authors and entrepreneurs. And I think the network and tribes you, you have for certain areas in your life are just incredibly helpful. And, and I'm just inspired by what other people do. And that's how I got the idea to, to also do something in this direction. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really enjoying the journey <laughs> to do it. What's the thing that's like, what's the thing that, that's hardest for you or that you find challenging about, about trying to put together a digital course? 
I think it's a bit the imposter syndrome. You, you. I also had mm-hmm. when writing the book um, in the beginning. It's just to to tell yourself that you can do it um, because I haven't done it yet and. I haven't spoken on video or anything. Well, I was in academia before. I was used to speak in front of audiences, but I, it's a, it's a different thing. So it's just new and unknown, and I just need to get used to it and learn it and learning by doing, right? And it won't be perfect maybe in the beginning. Uh, and just, um, yeah, believing in yourself that you can do that and um, that you have something to say. I think that's kind of... Sometimes I'm struggling with these thoughts, and then I see that almost everyone is struggling with these thoughts. Yes. And like, okay, um, that's probably just human. <laughs> so, yes, yes, I totally relate. Uh, I felt that way the first couple episodes of the show. It took a long time for me to, after doing you know multiple reps uh, for me to feel good. I, I also just released a book, and there was a lot of you know that imposter syndrome of why would anybody want my knowledge um, type thing. So I understand that uh, greatly. Just where can people find information about you and and what you have going on, on, whether it's on the internet or other places? Yeah, so um, I have a website, which is called judithferman.com. That's where my where you can find my book and you can also connect with me. And on Facebook, I can be found under Judith Furman Author. I'm also on LinkedIn, also Judith Furman. So it's kind of easy, just Judith Furman. Yeah. And, um, and I'm about to also release this new website where the new course will come, embracingthepositive.com in a couple of months, probably. Awesome. Yeah. I will put all those uh, links in the show notes so people can find you. Judith, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and, and being open about it, as well as I wish you all the luck in your new course and hope people uh, search it out. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. Thank you, Roger.